Hello and welcome to the Joyful Doctor podcast. My name is Dr Caroline Walker and I am the Joyful Doctor. Uh, I have a real passion for helping doctors to live happier lives full of reward and meaning and that's why I really wanted to bring you this podcast. Each episode is going to be an interview with an amazing doctor that I respect, love, admire and think has some wonderful things to share with you to help you to become an even more joyful doctor than you already are. I've um, really struggled over the years and um, as a doctor and also you know I've fallen in and out of love with medicine many many times and and through it all I just keep coming back to this idea that we should be doing more of what we love. So I hope that through listening to these podcasts you might be able to connect with what it is that you really love to do and to do more of it. Welcome, welcome to the Joyful Doctor podcast. Hello and welcome um, to this latest episode of the Joyful Doctor podcast. I'm um, really pleased to have with me today Shoma Ghosh, uh, one of our wonderful Joyful Doctor coaches and the career happiness mentor. Hi Shoma. Hi Caroline, it's lovely to be here. Oh, it's wonderful to have you here with us. Thank you so much for joining us. So um, Shoma, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What's your background? And yeah. So um, my full name is obviously Soma Ghosh, as you said. Um, I am a qualified careers advisor and I used to work in schools and colleges as a careers advisor and I now run my own business helping professional women find their version of career happiness. And in terms of my background, I studied psychology and within my business, it's all about helping women who are really, really unhappy at work, maybe going through anxiety, overwhelm and perhaps burnout as well. And just helping them redefine what they want in their careers. Yeah, that's what I do. Wonderful. Wonderful. Oh, and um, when I always start by asking our, our guests on this podcast um, what it means to them to be a joyful doctor, mm. what does it mean to you to be a joyful Coach. Ooh, careers, careers advice I'm gonna yeah <laughs> um it means to I think to me it means just having the chance to to actually do things in a way that I love because within my business I don't just coach my clients I get to write I get to do my podcast I get to do all the things I've always wanted to do the creative trauma comes out so for me it means having that creative part of me, but having the careers advisor part of me. That's what it means to me, I would say. Yeah. Oh, lovely. So being able to kind of um, own all the different yeah. different parts. I can really relate to that, actually. When I set up um, The Joyful Doctor, for me, I really designed it around all the different things that I like to do. Mm-hmm. So similar to you, you know, a bit of writing, a bit of speaking, doing the podcasting, working with doctors, obviously. Um, helping them when they're struggling with their their health or their careers um and it is so nice isn't it when you can work in a way that actually taps into all those different sides of you and allows yeah. you to yeah and often when I'm working with doctors I'm helping them to give themselves permission actually to bring mm-hmm. those parts of themselves that have perhaps been a bit neglected yes. for a while into their work Mm-hmm. So you don't always necessarily have to leave the job you're doing, do you, in order to like um to be happier in it. Actually sometimes it's just 
acknowledging, okay, there's something here I could be doing more of or less of that. Yes, 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 yeah. definitely. I definitely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Mm. And, and have there been times when you perhaps haven't felt so joyful? Yes, there have been a couple of times. Um, well, there's, there's two times I'll just quickly mention. Um, mm-hmm. The first time was when I was going through redundancy and I kind of lost who I was a little bit. So I was a career advisor. I had a really good job in central London. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I'm mapped out for the next 10 years. This is great. Work in a you know, great place, have lovely colleagues. But then redundancy hit me. And I actually went through a little bit of depression. Mm. And that was one of my first lows because I thought I was just experiencing a little bit of sadness. And then I went to my doctor and my doctor said, Sean, you're going through this phase of reactive depression. You know, you're just feeling a little bit lost. That was sort of the first time I realized, oh my God, you know, like actually I don't know what's going to happen to me. I was 27 at the time. And I just thought, oh yeah, I'm going to end up in this career for the rest of my life. And that's great. Mm. Christy and everything and the second time where I really really sort of had a low point and it's actually a lot I would say worse than the first time um is when I was being bullied in the workplace oh. and that completely threw me like now I'm speaking to you in a really calm confident manner really happy everything I was the complete opposite of what mm-hmm. you know you're seeing now I was in a very very dark hole I would come home every day crying because of this person mm. bullying me at work um and I have a wonderful cat and I don't know how but the cat would sense it she'd come and cuddle me she'd normally yeah, they often me. do don't they yeah, <laughs> yeah she'd they... Come sit on my lap and try and revive me and it was only when I was having a conversation with my business mentor at the time one day that I was actually having a full-on panic attack almost um Caroline I'll be honest with you mm. and she said you need to go and see your GP and you need to talk to somebody And what I didn't realise in terms of my low points is that I'd always had a little bit of anxiety all my life, but I just thought it was normal. (laughs) I I thought it was normal to be a bit, you know, like anxious and worry and, you know, um, that sort of thing. And my doctor said to me, I think you're just, you're you're showing signs from all the major anxiety here. You need to just calm down. Um, And that for me, in the end, resulted in me leaving that job. But that was a very very low point for me because mm. I isolated myself I wouldn't go out socially and when I did I felt like crying all the time it was just a really low point for me yeah yeah and well I'm sure that's something that a lot of our listeners will be able to identify with I mean bullying and harassment are absolutely rife amongst the um, medical profession and amongst high stress mm. professionals um across the board actually and it can really um impact on your whole life yeah you know? like you, you'd think it would just be one part of your life because it's your work but actually you can start to really just struggle mm. generally and really find it really hard to switch off from it it's like you're carrying it around with you like this dark cloud everywhere you go and exactly. um, yeah I see a lot of doctors who um, have been the victim of bullying and harassment and it's it's absolutely it's awful yeah. what helped you to get through that what helped you to come through that time in your life well a few different things. I have a very supportive husband and um, he was amazing during that time. I think he found it difficult in the sense of, you know, I think, you know, how to, what to say to me because I was getting emotional about everything, but he was just my crutch. He was just there. That was one of the things that helped. The other thing that helped Caroline, to be honest, was to just kind of talk about it with a few of my close friends and just mm. say to them, look this is happening to me this is how I feel but the most important thing that helped me is I actually seeked 
counselling privately because I didn't want to wait under the NHS. Mm. My own personal choice, I could have. Mm. But I was in such a bad mental state, I knew I needed to see somebody and I found an yeah. amazing counsellor who, even though I don't regularly go back to counselling, whenever I'm feeling a little bit low, I go back to her whenever I need her and that that's oh, wonderful yeah I think that's something often people don't realize you can do yeah. uh, you know it doesn't have to be that you're going through a really terrible time actually you can just go and have yeah. like a even just a one-off or a couple yeah. of sessions where you just chat something through or yeah. yeah um and I think that's great you've really highlighted for me they're one of the most important um parts of um getting through a difficult time and mm-hmm. certainly help me is to connect with other people so yeah. connecting with your trusted loved ones like your husband mm-hmm. talking about what's going on with people you feel you can trust and then if you you know feel you need to seeking some professional help in Mm -hmm. some form or other and not delaying that so important yeah Yeah. and and how long did it take you to kind of come through that whole period do you think well what was very interesting about the period was after um I'd left that job I initially started getting clients from a business which was great but I still wasn't quite over it um Mm -hmm. I would say probably at least nearly a year and a half to mm. fully recover from it. Um, the yeah. first six months when things were going well in my business and I was like getting happier, it was great. But still, there would be periods where it would it would come back. Yeah, and it can really things like it undermines your confidence, yep. your self esteem, all those sorts of things, doesn't it? And they can really take time to heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm often, you know, um, trying to help my doctors to see that that this isn't when you've been through something like that. It's often been something that's been going on for a while. Yeah, you know, it's rare that it's been like one incidence of somebody saying something nasty or or mm. being undermining. It's usually been there for a little while before you've realised how big a problem it is and starts to cause problems for you, and you start to get help, seek help. Yeah, um, that actually the it takes time to get over something like that, even with all their best help in the world. You know, mm-hmm. there's something usually often takes several months to a year or more to to really come through and see as something that's now in your past. Yes, is that. Did, was there a point when it started to feel different for you? Like it was something you'd had been through rather than something you were still going through? Or? Um, I think the more I sort of talked about it, the more it helped. Like I did a article for Happy Feel magazine last year and that was the point where I realised, okay, I'm kind of over it now. It's not that negative cloud anymore. You know, it's something that I know I kind of had to go through in order to have my business with mm-hmm. that that was the shining light but before I never really thought about it in that sense I just thought oh that's the past I don't want to bring it up too much mm. that was the moment where I realized I'm over it now and I can say talk about it as a phase of my life but now I'm in a phase where I've got my business and I'm doing the things that I actually am passionate about so yeah 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 so tell us more about that like tell us more about your what you're passionate about when are you happiest when are you yeah um I'm passionate when I'm surrounded by positive people like like yourself Caroline and also people who are like-minded and genuinely want to help people um for me mental health it's kind of naturally slipped into my business as a careers advisor. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of women who come to me, even though, you know, I give careers advice, I give information advice and guidance, you know, that's kind of what we talk about a lot. There is a holistic approach to it. There's an approach where they come to me and they say, Shoma, I'm having a hard time at work. But actually, you know, um, I'm not sleeping enough or, you know, I'm not eating properly. And yeah. obviously I don't have a health background in that sense. But I'm able to talk to them in a non-judgmental way and they yeah. tell me things 
that perhaps they can't share with their family, things like, you know, they feel like they're being judged about uh, their appearance, about the fact that maybe they've not got married yet or whatever it is. And it's a holistic approach. So for me, I'm passionate about dealing with people in a realistic way, but also helping them be who they want to be. That's what I'm really yeah, passionate about. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's why I think I'm so pleased you're one of our Joyful Doctor Coaches because oh, that's totally where we come from, right? That that actually um, it's about whatever that individual wants for their mm-hmm. life and what their values are and what's important for them. It's not some sort of um, formula that we're yeah. kind of, you know, putting on them and saying this is what you should do or this is what mm-hmm, you should do. It's, mm-hmm. it's helping that person really discover for themselves and Exactly. and create that life they want and now I could really relate as well to when you're sharing about how often people when people come um for support around something like a career change or some change that's happening in their life that there's often something going on with emotional mm. health and well-being in the background and yeah. with joy for doctor coaching we wanted to like provide a space where that was okay that um that we could re- would recognize that often doctors particularly will come forward um okay. say something like you know I'm wondering about leaving medicine or I'm wondering about changing specialty or mm-hmm. I'm wondering about whether I should go for this role or that role or yeah. um and actually it's not it's very rare that it's that clear cut quite mm-hmm. often there's something going on yeah at, you know there's a bit of anxiety or there's a bit of low mood or a bit of uh, burnout or a bit of something or mm-hmm. relationship problems or something going on in their lives where actually it's really important that we hold that space and say it's okay it's human this is normal. yeah yeah and we can work alongside that and make positive changes and and mm-hmm. if you need help and support with the mental health side then we can signpost and yeah. to confidential services that can help with that course, as well course, yeah. um but actually we're not going to go oh no we can't possibly help you or coach you because <laughs> you know you're a bit anxious because actually it's so normal isn't it it's yeah. so yeah 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 part, it, part of life and going through change and yeah no exactly I mean I love the way that you explain that um Caroline because when I was trained as a careers advisor obviously we would talk about a whole range of things but if it was outside of you know spectrum then yeah. you, you know you pass them on to the appropriate person and I still do that with my clients if there's something else going on you know it's up to me to, yeah. to go and speak to a counsellor you need to go and speak to a physiotherapist or whoever it is that they need to go and speak to yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And also I really related, um, uh, I don't know if you know this about my story, but when I was a junior trainee, training in psychiatry, mm. um, I got a bit burnt out. I was having, starting to have mental health problems, you know, in my early twenties and mid twenties. And I, um, I actually took a career break from medicine for uh, just under two years. And during that time I set up a business as a professional organizer and declutterer. Oh wow! Yeah, so I set up a business called Bye Bye Pigsty, and it was helping people to get um, decluttered, basically, mm-hmm. like going to their home or their business place, and and we would go through their stuff, and we'd kind of get rid of the things they didn't need, and get things a bit more organised. And mm-hmm. what really surprised me, and it perhaps it shouldn't have surprised me, being a psychiatrist, was that most of the people I was helping were going through some sort of uh, emotional transition as well you know there's some yeah. sort of change in role or something that was happening in their lives like they were their kids were moving out of home or they mm. diagnosed with a major illness or mm. they'd lost their job or you know yeah. there was something else going on and I think that's just that is how life is isn't it it kind of yeah. you know so when when you're thinking about should I have coaching do I need coaching is this a coaching thing mm-hmm. is it my career is it not actually it doesn't really matter if it's a bit more complicated and there might be other things going on because that's yeah 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 
I fully, I, I fully agree with that because with my bullying, when I was being bullied, it was just after my father-in-law had died and yeah, I was going through a bit of an emotional loss. And I think I have mentioned to you before, Karen, when we spoke that my dad died when I was very, very young, mm. I was six. And I never really dealt with it. So when I did go and see my counsellor, mm. it was about looking at why I hadn't dealt with it and kind of recovering some of those issues because I'd had a chance of having a second dad and then you know that was when I was able to really go through those feelings and I think you have to grieve in your own way and I think that's that's something that a lot of people you know don't feel comfortable uh, talking about but I feel very comfortable talking about it because I think you have to eventually admit whether or not you've got over the grief or or you never really fully get over it but you know dealing no, with there's something about acceptance isn't there yes. around like okay this is still with me or, mm-hmm. or this is something I've processed and and you're absolutely right that for everybody grief is is something that they work through in very different ways and I I'm I have a lot of um day-to-day uh interaction with grief in the work that I do yeah. with doctors it's um, at one point, I think I was holding a caseload of about 50 or 60 doctors that I was seeing for the um, NHS Practitioner Health Programme. And and about 30 or 40 of them were going through some sort of grief. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so common. And it's I, I think it's one of the hardest human experiences, actually, yeah. that we go through because it's a real roller coaster of intense emotions. Yep. <laughs> you know, there's the shock and denial, there's the sadness, the anger, the, yes, yes. the bargaining, you know, oh, if only I did this differently or that differently, and mm-hmm. you know, would it be different? And and then there's acceptance and, and this they don't happen in a nice, neat order, you no. know, and mm. and they come over you in massive waves, don't they? That yeah. can be overwhelming. And and I think griefs that could have been there sort of dormant for years can then just kind of hit you yeah. like as if yeah. as if they're happening right now again and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah so no I see a lot of that and um in the doctors that we work with and yeah I'm sorry to hear that that happened at mm. that time that you were you know having the bullying as well but again it's a it's a great example that yeah often you know life things don't happen to us in life in isolation do they yeah. <laughs> like buses <laughs> They're there to teach yeah. us and kind of make us more resilient and stronger, I think. Even if at the time it may not feel like that, that's kind yeah. of how I view it anyway. Yeah. 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 Often I think there's a point, isn't there, after you've been through something. Certainly I've experienced that where you, you there's almost, a, it's hard to explain, um, almost an appreciation almost a gratitude that it happened almost mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know some of the things that have happened in my life I think mm, I kind of wish they hadn't but <laughs> yeah. um, but I can see how they've helped me and exactly that's 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 exactly what I mean like when I talk about the loss of my dad I had a very strong mum who was always there beckoning me and supporting me because she was a teacher and encouraging me to be who I really wanted to be as a woman mm. and you know it empowered her to be the kind of woman she needed to be so Mm. as though it was sad he wasn't around it gave us all strength in our household so yeah Mm. you have to kind of look at it twofold that's how I look at life anyway yeah 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 both the good and the bad Mm. can be you know you can hold those two things together yeah Mm -hmm. I'm struck with it so you work um as you say you work mainly with women but you probably should just say it you know a lot of these things actually apply of course regardless of gender absolutely yeah. <laughs> um yeah um 
because uh, I'm I've been thinking a lot lately about men actually and how often mm-hmm. they can be overlooked and yeah and it can be harder for them to um have a language around these things and to have yeah. permission to come forward and um but what what was it that drew you to working with women in particular so a couple of things I actually do think it is a lot to do with my mum weirdly enough um and I am kind of a little bit I would say a feminist in the sense that I'm very very um passionate about helping other women because I feel like in the workplace um especially when I was bullied as well there's this like integral thing of if a woman is higher, I'm not going to help you. You know, you have to figure it out yourself. And mm. and for me, I didn't want to be one of those women. But also, one of the other reasons I really wanted to work with women as well is because even though I'm not a mum myself, um, I know how much harder it is for mums. I know how much mm. harder it is if you're maybe uh, alone like my mum was. Mm. Um, but for me, as women individually, I think a lot of women now aren't getting married. They're not having kids. They're making more empowered choices. And for me, I just am really passionate about all of that stuff. And I think mm-hmm. it just excites me a little bit more. It's not that I didn't yeah. work with men per se. I know that they're going through the same issues, but I feel more empowered by it and more kind of like excited. I get like excited. Yeah. Now, well, no, and it's lovely. It shows in the, I mean, for the listeners, um, we're, we're doing this interview over Zoom, aren't we? So I can see your face and, <laughs> and actually I can see it in your face. You know, yeah. you light up and it's exciting. And for me, it's a great example of where you've, you've identified the thing in your life that gives you the greatest passion and joy in your work and you're doing that. Yeah. And I think that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. It's giving ourselves permission to go, Hmm, I really like working with these people and those, or this in this area or doing this thing. And, and that's okay. You know, um, so for me, I had that with the joyful doctor, you know, there was, Mm -hmm. um, over the last year or two, um, we've had lots and lots of feedback from people saying, oh, I wish you did this for, you know, nurses and lawyers and all these, you know, different. And I think, yeah, I'd love to help um, everybody. But when I actually really deeply mm. allowed myself to think what brings me the most joy, yeah, actually it was working with doctors. So mm-hmm. we've kind of kept that to our core group, but also acknowledging that all the stuff we talk about applies to any human being, right? Of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Mm. And you're working with a, a woman who, you know, might be single and have no children. It's going to, you know, some of the stuff is going to apply to a mother of three or to a, yeah. When you talk about career change, it's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think maybe because I, because I am quite empathic, as you can probably hear, because I saw, you know, Financially, my mum was okay. She was very lucky because she had a good job. But there were other struggles there. You know, she had health problems later on. And I think that's the thing that, for me, I know firsthand, kind of seeing her as a a young person to an adult, that that's really, really hard. And for me, when I'm working with my clients, it's about helping them address that it's okay to be in whatever situation you are and not have to fit into society's norms because as a second generation Asian there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure put on us to be somebody we're not sometimes yeah Yeah. Mm. well I think I think a doctor's listening to this any or any high stress professionals could be could identify with that I certainly can the Mm. idea that we try to fit ourselves into boxes that others can understand or um approve of um yeah and actually it's about finding your own box making your own box up that's a whole (laughs) mixture of what who you are and what you love and like coming back to what we said in the beginning you know you 
you love doing what you're doing because it allows you to be creative as well mm -hmm. as yeah, doing the actual career guidance work that you yeah you were trained and, and enjoy um oh if you could sort of if there was like one thing that you you only had this like this was your last chance to talk to mm -hmm. kind of stressed out professionals out there women or men you know mm -hmm. somebody's out there now listening to this and they're struggling and they're not happy or they feel a sense of disease or something's not quite right or maybe they've got a dream that they're not following or yeah. you know, what what would you want to say to them so for me i feel like time is the most precious thing that we have caroline time mm -hmm. is so precious and i actually um make sure that one day of my week I take a whole day off that's not related to business mm -hmm. and for people who are working maybe nine to five or in the case of the doctors who are listening you know they work longer hours because mm. growing up i knew a lot of doctors growing up in my community um i think making sure that you have allocated time for your holidays allocated mm. time for your family and friends because um somebody actually phoned me this morning a family friend of mine who i grew up with he's, he used to be a doctor yeah. um and I remember him saying he missed out on chunks of his his children's lives. Yeah. And I just think it's very, very important that you make time to create those precious moments. That's one mm -hmm. thing that I would say. But also I would say if your health is not good, do not then go into work and make it worse. Mm, <laughs> take yeah. Breast leave, you know, take yeah. time to actually you know enjoy being with yourself I, I don't know whether you see this Caroline maybe this is just me speaking from my own experience I think a lot of people feel very very scared to spend time on their own life mm. health when they have children or they have absolutely yeah. Yeah. I I yeah 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 no I see that all the time I don't know if it if I experience it as them being scared to do it I think I experience it they don't give themselves permission exactly permission that's the it's word. like they it we think looking after others is absolutely mm. okay, right? It's yeah. good to go into work and to make people better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good to come home and look after your kids and, um, you know, put a meal on the table or, yeah. uh, you know, spend the, your time thinking about how you can give, raise them yeah. Well yeah. and give them time. And it's good to look after your friends and your family when they're mm -hmm. struggling or have needs. But we don't often give ourselves permission to put ourselves first and take that time and I, I would totally agree with you <laughs> I think it's an absolute essential part of um staying well and being yeah. happy and being able to give back to others actually yeah yeah, um, yeah is to is to give carve out time for yourself I personally ideally like two or three days to myself <laughs> personally I know yeah. some people that just need an hour or two a week and that's fine but we're all different and it's about sort of listening to yourself and thinking okay what what do I need and and putting making that a priority in your Ex own life exactly i mean on saturdays if i've got some really like emergency admin to do for my business i'll do it yeah. on sunday i'll also try not to work if i can avoid it because that's my yeah. family day i kind of think oh yeah. i'll go and see my mom or i'll do something family related yeah. um but for me it's just about carving out time yeah. because i like to what i like to do is i actually just switch off my laptop and i'll just go somewhere on my day or yeah you know, enjoying trying to enjoy your life a little bit more and doing the things you want to do with your family and your friends basically yeah. what I would yeah. say no, absolutely great advice fantastic 
are there any sort of resources you'd recommend for anyone out there that that might be struggling at the moment any books or films or any podcasts or anything you yeah that you found helpful um so so for me i really like the book thrive by ariana huffington it's mm, one of them. yeah it's great yeah <laughs> um when I read that book, I really started to really understand, uh-oh, I'm not, I've not been prioritising my well-being at all. This is a book that I definitely, you know, need to utilise more. That, that's one book. Great. That Thrive by Ariane Huffington. We'll write these down in the show notes for anybody who wants to look these up and give them a go. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I think um, for me, in terms of like, because I do listen to a lot of podcasts, I really like Dr. Chatterjee's podcast, uh, Live Yeah. I always forget the full name of it. I'm just going to say talk to Chatterjee's podcast because I've forgotten. It's quite a long name, isn't it? Live better, something more. Um, The the guy, the GP who does a lot of lifestyle medicines, I've got a couple of books out there, The Four Pillar Plan and all that. Yep, yep, yeah. I like his podcast. That's great, very approachable. Yeah, yeah. Very realistic, yeah. Yeah, because he talks about uh, lots of different things, not just health, you know, meditation, things which I think people could really, really like benefit from and I think just in general listening to podcasts that relate to you you know I know a lot of people who one of the things that I think is very important uh, Caroline is laughter Mm, yeah if you are not laughing enough go and watch like a stand-up comic that makes you laugh because comedy is individual to everybody yeah yeah there are so many different things that we could do but I think it's literally just signposting and putting in your calendar that I'm going to do this or writing down a couple of goals to make you feel better about your life so that you can be more you know this is the joyful doctor podcast you can be more joyful you can yeah. your overall life you know absolutely absolutely couldn't have put it better myself um how can people get in touch with you Shomo if they've like like you know identified with stuff you're talking about if they wanted to work with you or if they just want to check out you know more of what you're up to or yeah, how can they... yeah sure so um I hang out quite a lot on LinkedIn. I post on there every day. Um, I speak about lots of different things, uh, not just about my business, but about mental health and just about careers and everything in between. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, but I also do have my own podcast. And is that under your name or under the career happiness mentor? The Instagram. The, oh, well, any of them. What's with, what oh, okay. So uh, LinkedIn is just Sama Ghosh you can just lovely yeah we'll put that in the show notes and uh facebook is just my facebook page the career happiness mentor and instagram is again career happiness mentor but um yeah i also have a podcast as well which is called the career happiness podcast where i speak to guests but i also do individual uh topic uh posts as well like podcast episodes wonderful yeah no i've checked out a couple of those they're great so Mm -hmm. great lovely we'll put all links to those in the in the show notes for people who want to get in touch um just leaves me to say thank you so much for (laughs) for coming onto the podcast today and sharing your story so openly and and honestly with us thank you for that and thank you for the work that you're doing inspiring you know other women to create more joy in their lives um and thanks for being a joyful doctor coach we love having <laughs> you on our team and if anyone wants to work with Soma as one of our coaches go to joyfuldoctor.com um slash coaching and you'll find her there um wonderful thank you so much thank you for having me i'll it's see you soon fun. hopefully bye. <laughs> all right bye for now thank you so much for listening to this episode of the joyful doctor podcast 
really um, excited that you found the podcast and if you've enjoyed it I would love it if you would maybe share it with another doctor that you know that might enjoy it too and get something out of it um, as I say I'm all about trying to help doctors to live happier lives um, if you'd like to um, keep abreast of what's happening at Joyful Doctor then do pop over to joyfuldoctor.com and you can follow me on any of the major social media um, sites from Facebook to Instagram to Twitter to LinkedIn. Um, I really hope to connect with some of you soon and please tune in again um, for our, another episode of the Joyful Doctor podcast.